You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. First round recap. It finally came, Matt. Uh, It was a crazy pre-draft process, but it is now here. The NFL draft is off and running. The first round is in the books in 2021. We're going to break down every single pick, a little blurb at least, try to get to every single team and every pick from round one. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us on Twitter. Hit us there, tag us with your questions for Tuesday's episode after we break down day two and three, days two and three on Monday's show. Get in those questions for Twitter Tuesday. Uh, I... I, I don't know if they've been talked about too much or not enough. I don't know what to do about pick one and two because we knew what the, they were going to be, and I almost feel bad for Jaguars and Jets fans because everyone just kind of passes up the picks because we already knew what it was going to be, but I guess they also have other picks in the first round that we can talk more about too. So Jags fans and Jets fans probably aren't too upset about it. Yeah, we're going to skip them. I don't care about you guys, Jags and Jets <laughs> fans, because we'll get to you later. Yeah. You, you, we, we've talked about your first two picks at nauseum. We've talked about pick three at nauseum, but it warmed the cockles of my soul that it wasn't Mac Jones. Oh. And we'll talk about Mac Jones soon, but take it away, BP. Yeah, what you, are you, how are you feeling on this? You and every 49ers fan in the world. <laughs> the, like that was, it was, it was pretty much, it wasn't even so much pro Justin Fields and Trey Lance at the end as it was anti Mac Jones. But I think 49ers fans are excited because of the upside of what Trey Lance brings and hearing everything about the the high character and how he was the guy all along that Kyle Shanahan originally looked at and, and was blown away by and the fact that they kept it secret for the most part and let the media run wild with the Mac Jones speculation so um yeah and I'm glad I didn't buy the Mac Jones stuff because it never made sense <laughs> at the beginning it had to come down to Lancet Fields and and of course it did the 49ers made that trade up a monumental unprecedented and ballsy trade like this this is a bold move like this is still three first round picks for a really high-end prospect that only played one season of one double a football this is unprecedented there's no list of players to compare Trey Lance to like he'll be one of one if he hits with that resume yeah and you know the, the next shoe to drop I guess is there's a chance but I think it's very slim now that Jimmy gets dealt in the next day or two because I think Jimmy's probably the opening day starter, and as we'll get to, there's fewer landing spots for a starting quarterback than there was a couple days ago. Oh, I don't see a spot for him at all, and there was barely a spot for him before this draft. So, um, absolutely, I think Jimmy's going to be around, and I think the Lance plus Jimmy was kind of the plan, and and knowing they have a veteran player. And I think you could go get Jimmy Garoppolo if you want, but nobody's going to pay that price of what it would cost, I'm sure. Right, and I think the Niners can win a lot of games with them. He's still. They, they want to win now, and they want to win later. The question now is, when does Trey Lance see the field? Because I've talked about Lance before. You don't want a player who's played one sort of barely regular season college game from December 2019 to September 2022. That's over two and a half calendar years. He's he's got to see the field a little bit. You got to get that because the one thing he's missing is playing time. That's the missing part of his resume is reps. So not giving him reps doesn't make sense either for his development. So I'd like to see him on the field. You can't throw a rookie in there if the 49ers are in the middle of a playoff run either. So that's going to be a fun uh, episode to watch there in San Francisco. That's a point you brought up many times, not even knowing his landing spot, that I think was a really good one, was the answer to this guy is not sitting him. Everyone just says, oh, he's from North Dakota State. He's got a city here. Right. 
he's more mentally advanced than most of these quarterbacks in terms of playing under center, turning his back to the defense and play action, changing protections. You don't want him sitting two years straight. (laughs) Not playing him isn't the answer. Even huddling and spitting out plays, he's done more than some of the other prospects who just stand there, look at the sideline, clap their hands, and the play's off. Right, um, see Daffy Duck on the big billboard or whatever. So an interesting saga throughout the offseason after they made that trade up to number three for the 49ers, and now it's going to continue to be interesting for a while to watch the development of Trey Lance, and we might not be able to grade this thing fully until 2023 or so and, and know what the 49ers have there. But an unprecedented move and I'm sure some teams are shaking their head and like wow I can't believe the 49ers did that I would have never paid three first round picks for the unknowns that were in this drafted quarterback after basically number one yeah it is risky it's aggressive it screams job security Kyle Pitts to the Atlanta Falcons at number four they did not go quarterback we'll get into more about quarterbacks and I think that plays into the grading the 49ers pick two where these other quarterbacks went but Kyle Pitts at four, I think it was a case where the Falcons were asking for a ton and nobody was willing to do it, and he was the best player on the board. I don't know if, say, everyone loved Trey Lance. Maybe Lance would have gone to the Falcons. Was that a domino that could have changed the the complexion of the entire first round? But Pitts was clearly the best non-quarterback, and at that point, if you're not in love with the quarterback, you're, you still are tied to your veteran and Matt Ryan. You go get the best player. I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's a very strong case for, in my opinion, Lance or Fields. Maybe they would have gone Lance. Um, that, and this goes back to, to the Bengals, too, coming up. I mean, tackle or receiver, quarterback, or the best prospect out there. We don't need to really have those because I'm not sure there's a wrong answer. And, and these following rounds will help us. You know, The draft isn't over, folks. Trust me, I'm going to say that over and over again. It doesn't mean Cincinnati's going to line up with the five offensive linemen they're starting right now or that Atlanta might, they may even draft the quarterback, you know, so it's not over yet. But my thoughts when they drafted Pitts, and I think a lot of people probably look at the opposite way. Well, now you can trade Julio and, you know, work for your future that way. I'm running it with all those guys, (laughs) you know, like I got Pitts. I want to play him with Julio and Ridley and, you know, Matt Ryan's not young. I didn't draft a young quarterback. If I drafted a Lance or a Fields, then I trade Julio and get those guys, young players. I'm going to give it a shot. There's some really good defenders still on the board. First round caliber, caliber players that could be there for the Falcons in round two. Yeah. And, and when you if they end up with like Ojalari or uh, you know one of the top corners, J-O-K Asante or, Samuel, yeah, yeah uh, Jeremiah Usukamora. How how did he not go in round one? I mean, some of the fallers is a story here too. Uh, I guess teams still just don't know how to use that undersized linebacker, uh, which really shocks me because he mm-hmm. was a top twenty player in this draft all day for me. But um, yeah, Kyle Pitts, uh, good pick there, especially with what they could do. I think in the second round and you know, just go out score people why not yeah yeah I, I i have no problem with this approach i mean might they regret it when fields is in pro bowls or whatever maybe but i understand it and, and same with sensi i probably would have gone sewell but you know it, i it probably would have too it, whatever flip a coin sewell or chase yeah. there's not much you can say about this pick teaming up chase with his old lsu teammate yeah and that's going to be a trend here too we, we the two bama guys end up with their old teammates as well <laughs> And it's a an added bonus. It makes the acclimation a little easier. Fine. But Chase is a great receiver. Now they have a great group of skill position players. They're going to draft offensive line help. I mean, that's coming. Props to Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins and the Draft Dudes for nailing the ultimate mock draft pick of Jalen Waddle to the Dolphins at six. I wasn't buying that Waddle was going to go that high, and he did go higher than his Heisman winning teammate. Yeah, it shocked me a little bit, too. And, and then I did the video for it for Locked On Today 
for both the Miami picks, and I'm cool with it. You know, he's a special player. Defensive coordinators are really hating the idea of Waddle and Fuller on the outside, you know, running go routes. And I would imagine they'll address their running game a little more in these coming rounds. Maybe a, an offensive lineman, maybe a Javante Williams or even a Trey Sermon. So they just make a, a power running game complement a deep passing game. You know, we're seeing this across the league that some of these young quarterbacks, Daniel Jones, Tua, Hurts, Hey, we're going to give you all the weapons. Let's see what you can do with it. Sink or swim. Penny Sewell to the Detroit Lions at pick number seven. I thought for sure this would be the spot that a team traded up to, and it did not happen. But there was also, with Waddle going six, you know, one of those probably blue chippers that the Lions had on their board. Like, look, if Sewell Pitts is there, we have to take him. And I feel like that's the way it probably went in the Lions draft room. And that's what I would have done. I was a little shocked there were no draft day trades in the top nine. You know, maybe this the, your Niners screwed it up just because they gave up so much that you yeah. know, that was with the jumping off point and you know, the buyers were like, ah, eh, no thanks. But the Lions need everything. Trading down would have been wonderful. But now I think they actually have a strength to their team, and that's their offensive line. I didn't think their line was horrendous before. Jared Goff's going to be the quarterback. Jared Goff under pressure versus Jared Goff not under pressure is night and day. And you got Swift and Jamal Williams and Hawkinson. Like, the offense, besides wide receiver, looks pretty decent. J.C. Horn at pick eight. This is a fun pick here because I think it had a huge factor on what happened within the next few picks because yeah. I didn't really see this Dallas coming. Dallas had to be like rolling over. Yes, and, and, and as soon as that pick happened, Dallas probably said, oh, bleep, because we right. might not get that uh, corner yeah. that we just thought all along we are going to sit here and draft either Sertan or Horn, and I bet the Cowboys would have been fine with either one of those guys. And then instead, Horn goes eight, and the Broncos don't go quarterback. They go Patrick Sertan at nine. I like the pick. I mean, I, I would have bet that Sertan would have went ahead of Horn, but Horn tested unbelievably well. He's very aggressive. Um, you know, played at South Carolina. He's a little bit of a, a, a close to home type of pick. I didn't really see it coming, but I thought it'd be Slater. But you know, a, a potentially lockdown corner. A, a, any team that takes him at any point, I really don't have a hard. I have a hard time fighting that. All right, next we'll start with pick 10, and this is where the trades began and things started to get we really We got to mention far. pick 9, though. Oh, I, I was kind of talking about pick 9 there, too, with the Denver Broncos. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you have any more thoughts there with them not going quarterback. Do you think that was a the mistake? The only thing I want to throw out there is when they made the pick, we were talking about it on the Steelers show I was doing live, and check that out. I'll be doing it all weekend. We were still under the assumption that maybe they were drafting Sertain to trade him to Green Bay in mm -hmm. a Rodgers deal. Like, we kept thinking, even though they made the pick, Sertain might be a Packer by the end of the day. Not true. Yeah, not true at all. I don't know what to think about the Packers stuff. It was almost like old information that we were hearing as if it was playing out on draft day, but I think a lot of that had already played out over the course of the, the months prior. Is that the vibe? Yeah, I think you're right. Like, Why did that break two hours before the draft? That was weird, and teams were too busy with the draft. They weren't going to be like, I don't know. I just felt like that the, the the story came out, and then everybody who had information sort of dumped it all at the same time, and it seemed like it was happening real time, but I don't think it was. Right, and was that a ploy for Rodgers to 
maybe they could draft or, you know, stop drafting defensive players. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of odd how it all transpired. And then you're getting stuff like Denver's putting a package together. And, you know, uh, I don't know. Absolutely. It was a little odd to me, too. If you were the Broncos, would you have gone quarterback? I would have taken field. Yeah, I would have, too. I would have taken field. I would, I'm going to say that about a bunch of teams. Yeah, I, I, I just like and, field. And there was teams before that I would, I like, at least yeah. starting at eight for sure, uh, I would have probably been taking fields. Yeah, and maybe even seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, in four, I, I would buy that for four. As well. well, to be honest, three. So, <laughs> yeah. So right, that's right, right, That's right. a big story. To be honest, for me, I'd take it with two. All right. So why did Fields fall? We'll get to that question next. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful this Mother's Day. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. After the cornerbacks went 8-9, the Dallas Cowboys sitting there probably like, oh, well, that was our plan, so... If we get an offer, let's move. And it was actually inside the division. Don't see that a lot. Allowing their uh, the their rival Philadelphia Eagles to go get the Heisman winning wide receiver Devontae Smith out of Alabama. He's the guy that everyone mocked to them at twelve. And I guess they didn't trust that uh, the New York Giants at eleven weren't going to take him, so they went up a couple spots for a third rounder and drafted Smith at ten. Which, looking back on it, they probably were right because the Giants, at first time in Gettleman history then traded yeah. out and took a receiver later, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, I guess the Eagles played that one right if they had to make sure that this was their guy, which makes sense. I mean, he's the consensus one of three of the top receivers. Uh, has a history with Hurts, as we mentioned, just like the Tua situation. Jalen, this is your team. We've put a lot around you. You got an offensive lineman returning healthier than we saw it last year, you would imagine. And sink or swim. And we got three first round picks next year to yeah. just what you see. And here's the thing so overall, even though they moved up for Devontae Smith to secure their guy, they had already gained extra picks because they moved down from six to twelve. So I still mm -hmm. like it. You gained an extra first round pick, went from six to ten in the end, and got uh, I think a, a really good player in Devontae Smith. So I definitely Agreed. give that a good grade for the Philadelphia Eagles. And it seems clear that uh it did maybe affect the New York Giants who moved out. I was blown away. That was like the big moment I think of the entire first round was the Chicago <laughs> right. Bears making the massive move with the team that I, you thought no way this team is the one that does not move the New York Giants but they made it worth Dave Gettleman's while a first and a third round pick to go from number 20 to number 11 get their franchise quarterback maybe finally for the Chicago Bears in Justin Fields and every Bears fan I know was absolutely ecstatic the most talented quarterback in Bears history already yeah <laughs> he is and he doesn't have to go much farther to be the best. I know he's never <laughs> taken a snap. I no. mean, I'm just saying there's potentially a star quarterback in Chicago. And in my 47 years on this planet, I've never seen that. So that's amazing to me. 
Bears fans should be doing the jig. My only concern, and this doesn't even matter to Bears fans, I bet, is this coaching staff in front office might have drafted Fields for the next coaching staff. In front yes, office. that that's the tough one there. And you know, right. will the GM and coach that drafted you still be around? But I think there's a decent enough situation there for that for Justin Fields to look good enough his rookie year for that to, right. to stick. But I, we've seen that happen a lot. Uh, in the past, and look, they were they were drafting twenty. This wasn't a bad team. This wasn't like a team that went uh, one and fifteen drafting a quarterback. So uh, I love this move for the Bears. A plus move. They they only had to give up a first compared to what the Niners gave up to go get their quarterback. And I had Fields, you know, a, a little bit ahead of Trey Lance. So uh, I, I love right. it for the Chicago Bears here, and I love it for Gettleman moving back just to you know just to know that he will do that. I think is fun, <laughs> and knowing that you you can pay a, a price and go do that. And then I've also got to tie this into the 49ers who I, I so if I'm grading the Bears they have to get a bigger grade for me than the 49ers even though the Niners didn't take Mac Jones which I commend them for you could have traded up one pick right you could have got up right, one right, spot right, and right. got Justin Fields who I like better and saved two first round picks you could have got up two slots you could have got up to six there was other trades to be made I'm sure the 49ers could have held their water um, and maybe Wait even gotten Trey Lance still. Like, who knows where Trey Lance would have gone? There's no guarantee he was going to go 3-4-5, you know, with, with other teams because the Niners were the extra team to get a quarterback there, and nobody else traded up higher than 10. So um, I think for the 49ers, when you, when you grade them overall, you have to look at Fields being there uh, really close to where they were picking, and they could have saved a ton of draft capital, valuable draft capital, and gotten uh, as good a prospect or maybe a better prospect or maybe, you know, just the, the next guy. Because as we learned after the draft, it did come down to Fields and Lance for the 49ers. So I think if you put truth serum on them, they probably would have said, eh, yeah, I would rather give it up a third and gotten Fields than three first-rounders for Lance, you know, at the end of the day, if, if it was that close. But they, they went up and got their guy, and that's fine. And the Chicago Bears absolutely went up and got their guy. Yeah, and uh, I'll say it over and over. I would have taken him at two. I would have taken him at three. He was my number two quarterback on the board. I think he's going to be a fantastic player, and it'll be hopefully fun to see the Bears with a good quarterback. I mean, he's not a perfect prospect either. You know, no. um, maybe there was the transfer stuff. Maybe that was awkward and teams didn't like that or there were bad reports from Georgia or something. Uh, maybe the epilepsy thing plays into it too, and that's why teams uh, weren't going crazy for Justin Fields, but it's not the tape and it's not the talent because it's off the charts. No, I mean, a little bit of a, an elongated release, mm -hmm. but his accuracy, you know, messing with releases isn't always the best idea. You know, Philip Rivers threw the ball funny his whole life. Right. You don't come to the NFL and say, let's just change your release because Fields is very accurate. He's insanely accurate. The arm talent, the accuracy, the speed, his floor is really high. I don't think he gets credit for how high his floor is going to be. That's why I think he's going to be starting yeah. day one in Chicago. Sorry, Andy Dalton. And uh, I think he's going to be pretty darn good early. That's a big reason he was two for me is I think there's a less chance he busts than Lance or especially Wilson. Yeah, or Mac Jones. Because, yeah, I think he's because for of me the, and the, not even in that conversation. Just because, like, I mean, we saw it with uh, Herbert last year. You get a good system around a guy that's got that much talent and that much accuracy yeah. and ability. Like, you know for sure if you protect him, he can make big-time throws and make huge plays, and that's going to be huge for him. Yep, yeah, he's proven that. Micah Parsons to the Dallas Cowboys at 12 after they moved down a couple spots here. Uh, obviously, the defensive side of the ball is where the Cowboys were focusing. Your thoughts on Parsons at 12? And remember, Dallas had an extra third to begin with, so they may be really active moving up, You know, and I'm sure it'll be a heavy defensive day two for them. Um, but they kind of got the short end of the stick in the first 10 picks here. 
Micah Parsons is fine. There wasn't a corner to take. There wasn't an edge I would take there. Um, although I like Jalen Phillips, uh, but not a ringing endorsement for Smith and Vander Esch, who came in the league with injury concerns yeah. and continued to have injury concerns. And you know, Sean Lee retires. I'm not sure Parsons was still even my best defensive player on the board there at 12. Yeah. But you know, I, I can't really crush the pick too much. And uh, they got they got an extra pick out of it, so yeah, it's fine. We'll get to the Phillips pick, but the more I think about it, I probably would have taken Phillips. I would have probably taken uh, Greg Newsom there too. Even like if, if I was a little Warner, shocked how long he lasted. Yeah, he lasted Tulsa. a little. Yeah, we'll get to that. Actually, we got I got to start yeah. moving through these pretty quickly. Here's one that was probably fantastic. the 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 Chargers were probably sweating, but also enjoying what was happening in front of them. And after that trade with the Dallas Cowboys at twelve. I bet they were like, "Oh no, that's gonna be that's gonna be it." He got so close to us, but Rashawn Slater, perfect fit, love it for the Chargers at thirteen. I think that's a no-brainer. We don't have to spend much time on it. It works out very, very well for them. Position need, value, home run. Thank you very much. How about this one, Elijah Vera Tucker? I did not see this coming. Uh, Elijah Vera Tucker got mocked a lot to fourteen, but it was the Minnesota Vikings, the Jets, thinking maybe their division rival. New England Patriots, after losing Joe Tooney in free agency, they went up in front of him to grab a guard, the best guard in this class, Elijah Vera Tucker, at 14. It wasn't the player in the spot. It was the team trading up that really shocked me here with the Jets. Right. I mean, a million people mocked Vera Tucker as the 14th pick to Minnesota, and that seems like the value for him. And when they moved up, I thought it might be their pick of edge rushers, you know, mm -hmm. for the, the solace scheme, uh, a corner. And then when they made the pick, I'm like, Joe Douglas is still in charge. That guy loves Lyman. Oh, yeah. They might line him up then next to Mackay Becton. You know, like, that's pretty nice. That is pretty nice. Yeah. And, and it is clear who's who's the top of the pyramid as far as personnel goes. It is Joe Douglas in New York. It's not one of those situations yeah. where the coach is in charge of the roster there. And I got to believe they, they had intel that said the Patriots were going to go with the guard instead of who they did go with. Let's finish up the first round 15 through 32 quickly here on Peacock and Williamson. So much fun. I love the draft. It's 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 great. And we've got so it many is. more days of the draft to cover here. Coming up on Peacock and Williamson. You trying to get in shape? You trying to get that post-pandemic summer bod back? Nutrition's a big part of it. Find something full of protein that's low in sugar instead of a sugary snack that is going to derail your diet. I'm talking about Built Bar. You can also save 15% by using promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com. All the old flavors, fantastic ones, some new flavors. You've seen a lot of them in that Built Bar bracket during March Madness. Low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, even good for a keto diet. Feel good about yourself. Have a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Great for the health-conscious folks out there that can help your diet lose, maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Go to BuiltBar.com, find your favorite flavors, even build your own box of Built Bars. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
And the Mac Jones fall ends at pick 15. We talked about this, Matt, the day before. If the Niners don't take him at three, he's at least getting to where the Niners originally drafted at 12 and maybe even as far as 15. And who knows, at some point I was thinking, oh, is this going to be a situation where Mac Jones continues to go? Because I don't know where he would have ended up, maybe 19, if he didn't go 15 to the Patriots. Because clearly the league didn't like him as much as the media was floating out there. So props to Mac Jones' agent maybe for doing a lot of work behind the scenes during this draft lead up. Yeah, and some of the best moves end up being the the moves you don't make. That mm-hmm. was Belichick just confident that if he gets past three, I'll get him at fifteen, and I know a lot about him, and you know Saban loves him, so I'm just going to hold my water here and not give anything else up. Uh, I kind of get that feel, and I like it. I, I think you know they've had so much success with a similar style of quarterback that it, it this this fit really adds up to me. Yeah. I think it'll work out well. Like this is the earliest where it made sense to me early on in the process is like, he's not a top 10 guy. And I, I still have thought he was a late first round, more of a second round type prospect, but you see the connection there with Saban and the offenses in Alabama and new England and the need there for a young quarterback. So I totally get it. It may, it makes perfect sense that the Patriots uh, didn't trade up or anything, just sat back and, and let him fall. Right. And I'm sure they'd have been fine with one of the other players, whether it was Vera Tucker or not, uh, if they would have been there at 15 as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. I, I think it's important because there's the notion of go get your guy, which, you know, to a certain extent I agree with, but most of the best moves are down or just standing pat and letting the board fall to you. Yeah, right. I think there is an art to that too. Having patience, you know, the the pro side of your uh, scouting department has to know the teams in their division that they're in charge of and think like they do and convey that to your GM and trust each other to say, I, I think you're safe. I think those guys won't take the quarterback. They won't take your left tackle, whatever it is, you know, and, and that's important. So things did start to go off the rails here with some, uh, not shocking because these guys are talented, but I didn't see Zaven Collins going all the way up to 16 to the Arizona Cardinals. Did it, did it kind of feel like the first 15 picks were – going to be the first 15 picks in some order and then yes we get to the second half absolutely yeah it felt that way and i think there was actually surprisingly in this odd covid year the mock draft scores were really high a lot of people were really accurate with their mock drafts this year which is surprising Hmm. i like david collins and it's maybe the pick i would have made as well uh put him next to isaiah simmons it's a unique group of extremely talented second level players can do a lot of stuff for you. Um, I thought maybe this would be Newsome. Uh, I, I didn't think a receiver here was probably worth it. So it's fine. It's fine. I know the Locked On Cardinals guys were didn't like this pick too much. Really? So, <laughs> I don't know. Off-ball linebackers just don't get people that excited. Anymore. They don't move the needle. I think that's just what it is. And, and I think everyone just knew the need for corner. So I think that was part of it as well. And, and you know, best player available versus need, that's a big thing with the draft. And I think it's it's harder to project that one player that a team really loves versus when you look at their roster and be like, oh, they need this position. Who's the best player there? Okay, let's give them that. And you just never mm-hmm. know. They probably just love Zayvon Collins, and we're like, I don't care where he is. And I think the similar thing is happening here with the Las Vegas Raiders at 17 and Alex Leatherwood. Uh, definitely higher than anybody was projecting him to go. That was my biggest shock to date. You know, I mean, I thought he was a very solid second-round pick. I thought I was a little higher on Leatherwood than most people because I think he is a tackle where a lot of people said, oh, he's only a guard. But 17, I mean, I forget who I heard say this, but 
it's almost like if you're going to be the first pick of this regime and for the Raiders, you have to go to Ohio State, Clemson, or Alabama. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> you have to. Other schools don't even apply. That's amazing. We'll see how that one turns out. But uh, we kind of called it when we were previewing the, the AFC yesterday. The, the Raiders are going to do something that shocks us, and they did. Good job, Raiders. Thank you for that. The, the key, they did. keeps us on our toes. And I think he's a fine starting right tackle, and they need that. But I bet you could have got him 10 picks later. Like this pick here for the Miami Dolphins, going with their uh, their home player from the Miami University, Florida area, uh, Jalen Phillips, best edge rusher in the class. There was the concussion so concerns, but uh, you know I, I think you even get a, a bit of a steal here if you're the Dolphins. Love this for them, getting yourself an edge rusher, and you hope that the concussion stuff just doesn't come back because then it'll be a huge value. That's the key to me. I mean, on just watching the tape, if I knew nothing about their histories or names or anything, Phillips would have been absolutely my favorite D-end edge guy. And the fact that this hometown team took him, it really implies, if anyone's to know more about him than anybody else, it's the Dolphins. And that means to me they have zero medical concerns. I'm sure they could just walk across, you know, walk over to the U and have a chat and you know figure this stuff all out, which I'm sure they did. That makes me really happy, and I think he's going to have a wonderful career. Another bit of a shocker here, Jamin Davis, linebacker from yeah. Kentucky, going all the way up at number 19 to the Washington football team. I'm not sure what else I would have done. Um, I've heard some people that don't love Tevin Jenkins quite as much as I did, and he fell out of the first round, so maybe I'm a little wrong on him. I thought that might be a possibility here. But a second-level guy really completes their defense, in my opinion. I was a little shocked it was Davis over JOK, but size matters. I mean, this guy's 6'3", and uh, Owosu Koromora, I think he played at like 200 pounds. Do the Falcons and uh, Washington football team play this year? You got all offense versus all defense. I want to see that matchup. That would be kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we know the script of a lot of the Washington games this year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Take, take the under. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, here's one. D did somebody kidnap David Gettleman? Kadarius Tony, wide receiver <laughs> right. out of Florida, after trading back for the New York Giants. And Darasaw was there, which was another bit of a fall I didn't quite see coming. I would they? I thought there'd be an offensive lineman. I thought it could be a quitty pay type of situation. Many people that know more than me mocked the receivers to the Giants over and over and. Anyone listened, I kind of laughed at it, saying they yeah. need other stuff. I, I but Tony's that. nothing like Kenny Galladay. Oh, completely different. He's completely different than almost everybody in the NFL. And we'll see. It's hard to even find a comp for what style of player he's going to be. A little more of a freelancer. Obvious athletic ability. Extremely hard to get your hands on. He would be probably a, a number one overall pick in two-hand touch, right? So Kadarius Tony will be an interesting one to follow there in New York, how he's utilized. And they picked up an extra first-round pick. And... The Bears and Giants very well could both finish in the bottom half of the league. You know, you might have two picks in the top 15 and might need a Daniel Jones replacement mm -hmm. or, you know, I mean, there's more to this deal than just whether Tony's a good pick at 20 or not. There's no telling how the quarterback class is going to turn out next year. It's not likely to be as good as this year's quarterback class, but the, the class as a whole, most people in the league believe that the 2022 draft, just those draft picks are going to be worth more than this year's. Right, right. It's nice to pick that up for sure. 
Quiddy Pay to the Colts at 21. Uh, there were, I heard numerous things about the Colts and who they liked, and in the end, they had some offers to move down, and they they just loved Quiddy Pay, and they, and they wouldn't move off him. And I can see that. I mean, the traits are very, very impressive. The production isn't. When they didn't take Darisaw, I kind of raised an eyebrow saying, boy, Darisaw keeps falling, and the team that needs a left tackle just passed on him. There's a lot of tackles left. I'm sure Indy could do that, or they could call Alejandro Villanueva or somebody. But Quiddy Pay's got immense talent. And apparently, from what I heard, it was Darisaw who's the next guy. And so it was Quiddy Pay, oh, okay. Darisaw, or, or a trade down. And, they, and they're weighing all of those, but they just had too high of a grade on Pay. Okay. Understandable. Yeah. Uh, Caleb, we're almost to Darisaw. Caleb Farley. He was QB or he was CB three after all here, despite all the injuries going to the Tennessee Titans, maybe a little higher than I expected actually in the end. We brought this up a couple times last week too. I mean, they had done a similar move with Simmons two years ago. Um, the past offense probably needed one more piece on this off season facelift and boy, Farley could hit big. They also have enough, I think at the corner position that if he, struggles to stay on the field a little bit it might not kill them high risk pick though but high reward yeah that's right i forgot about that we nailed it the jeffrey simmons uh, yeah <laughs> the jeffrey simmons thing and uh caleb farley now a tennessee titan and right if your medical people give him a good grade he's absolutely worth the 22nd pick in the draft that's for sure yeah uh, no doubt and i love this for the vikings moving down still getting the left tackle in Christian Derrissaw. Could play left side, could play right side. Uh, he absolutely fits the prototype for a starting offensive tackle in the NFL, and you get some extra picks on top of it. Yeah, I mean, they made a ton of picks last year. It looks like they're going to make quite a bit this year. Uh, you addressed a big need uh, on the offensive line. You can shuffle some bodies around now. I would think a lot of this draft now is going to be very Mike Zimmer defensive-oriented. I guess this is another opportunity for us to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, I, I got it right that it was no Mac at three. You got it right that it was, in fact, Najee Harris to your Pittsburgh Steelers at 24, Matt. I know people are going to criticize you can't take a running back in the first round. The offensive line's not good enough. They're going to draft a tackle in a center maybe in the next couple hours after you listen to this. Um, I think it's interesting the two running backs went back-to-back -back here, 24, mm -hmm. 25. Both of them catch the ball very well. I, I think the league realizes that, yes, taking running backs in the first round might not be the best business decision overall, but if there's only three of them that are quality every down, potential Pro Bowl-type backs, and they all can catch the ball well, I want them, and I don't think Javante Williams is going to last much longer either. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Javante Williams could go very quickly here at the top of round mm -hmm. two, and Najee Harris, a complete back, and it just feels very Steelery. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. if you're looking for fits, which if you're looking for fits in the entire NFL draft this year, looking players, it's like, okay, Steelers, Najee Harris, that's an obvious fit. Yep. I mean, because of his ruggedness, because they want to win now, they're never going to totally tear it down and rebuild and tank. And he's going to be used like Lev Bell in the passing game. He's going to get a lot of work. Travis Etienne, you mentioned, went 25, the very next pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both the Bengals and the Jaguars pairing their quarterbacks as one of their top playmakers from their college days. Yeah, uh, we mentioned it too, the two Bama guys. Um, this is kind of my roommate theory, too. They can come in together and learn together. And, oh, Travis, we used to call this route concept this, and the Jags call it that. And with all respect to uh, Robinson, he had a fine rookie season. ATN's just a much different player, a much more dynamic player. We knew Jacksonville was going to 
spend heavy with their picks on offense. They're going to make Travis's, you know, uh, acclimation to the NFL as easy as possible. That's the goal here. We touched on this a minute ago, Greg Newsom falling all the way to the Cleveland Browns at 26. Uh, fantastic for the Browns. They probably spent about five seconds thinking about this selection, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's like, boy, they value corners. Uh, he probably shouldn't have lasted this long. I feel like he's got a really high floor. Not a ringing endorsement for Greedy Williams, though. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, and uh, they they have a type at corner too. They got a lot of skinny guys at, at cornerback. So yeah, yeah. Greg Newsom brings a little bit more size. He's he's slim himself though. Uh, super athletic. I love that pick for the Browns. Big grade. Yeah, from their me. secondary really upgraded this offseason. Rashad Bateman goes to the Baltimore Ravens at twenty seven. When they got to this spot, it was like, okay, the the fourth wide receiver. Who's it going to be there? Or actually, the fourth on most people's boards. The fifth in this draft with Kadarius Tony going number twenty to the New York Giants. It was like, okay, is this Terrace Marshall? Is it Rashad Bateman? It turns out it was Rashad Bateman. A little bit chalky, you know. Marshall, I think, has some red flags injury wise. Um, Bateman's a I don't call him a possession receiver because people turn, you know, they think that's a negative term, which it isn't. Go up and get a guy. Um, you don't have to be deadly accurate. I think this pick makes all the sense in the world. And he may be their leading receiver at that position this year. That wouldn't shock me at all. Peyton Turner's the New Orleans Saints pick 28 overall. Defensive end from Houston. I know there were some people that were really high on him before the draft, but I think along with Leatherwood, these this was the biggest surprise pick in round one. Yeah, and I think it's noteworthy that picks 28 to the end of the round, there were five picks, and four of them were edge rushers. I mean, all to the best teams in the league. I'm not sure what that tells us. Is that just how the draft set up? You know, do they think there's no chance they can get one uh, uh, 32 picks from now? This pick shocked me. But every year, folks, I, I feel like I have to say this a day after round one, that there's 15 picks that are first-round picks no matter what. There's probably five that everyone realizes will go in the first round. And then there's 30 guys, including somebody like Turner, that go from 25 to 40-ish. You know what I mean? Like right. if if some team takes him in the fifth pick of the second round, no one bats an eye. But if it's seven picks earlier in the first round, ooh, I don't know. That's a reach, you know. Four two nine speed for Eric Stokes, who is now a Green Bay Packer. I, I thought they had to get corner. They I I have to imagine they were trying to move up for Newsom, right? Because I think there's a bit of a gap from Newsom to Stokes, and obviously a lot of physical gifts for Eric Stokes. But he just uh, I wasn't sure if he was a first round player in the end. Yeah, first round traits. I mean, like you mentioned, the speed. He's not little. He's a man coverage guy. A little bit of a track athlete playing football, though, and you know, not great finding the ball. You'd imagine he'll be their number two corner, though. Um, uh, again, he wouldn't be a first-round pick in my book, but it's not much different than Turner. If some team would have taken him five picks into the second round, nobody bats an eye. A lot of people make a big deal about the Rodgers things, like, oh, you drafted a corner. It wasn't an offensive player. It wasn't a wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is going to be extra mad now. Do you, do you put any stock into that? And I saw another stat that was the last 10 drafts, the Green Bay Packers. I tweeted that, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, the last 10 Green Bay Packers first-round picks, nine defensive players, and Jordan Love. Right. Like, it's not like they've needed a lot on offense. You know, the line's been good. Devontae Adams, they've run the ball. But you could throw the guy a bone. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, I just, I, you know, it's fun. Just the storylines are fun. I have no idea what to think about the Aaron Rodgers thing now, but I, I just like the extra stuff that goes along with it. Like, you know, you make one draft pick and everyone's like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is not going to like that one. Not Corner, right. I got to keep him it's happy. So funny. Right. Greg Rousseau. Edge rusher from Miami, finishing the round of three straight edge players here. Rousseau, some length going to the Buffalo Bills at 30. I, I like it. He's not my favorite, but him walking to the podium and, like, grabbing the hat off the stand, even though he, like, was not even out of the entranceway yet, and the length <laughs> and yeah. the way his suit fit, I was like, I don't know if there's many people on the planet that look like that. He's you know, a, yeah. I mean, he's a different yeah. specimen. I think just his get off and explosion maybe isn't ideal, but he's also right. six foot seven. And you see his highlights from high school as being a, a wide receiver. The receiver and, highlights, yeah. Uh, that was pretty amazing to see how big he is, and he's even bigger than that now. So how big does he become? And you know, does he become more of a power end? He's got those long arms and hands that I think helped him as a freshman collect fifteen sacks, and he's pretty natural using his hands too. So I think there's a lot to work with with Greg Rousseau. And the thing with Buffalo is they don't want their defensive linemen to play 90% of the snaps. They want eight guys to play throughout the course of the game, rotate them in like hockey lines, keep them fresh. Rousseau can play outside. He can play inside. He doesn't have to be counted on to be the man right now. Works out well. Speaking of a lot to work with, four three nine speed at six foot five, two hundred and fifty seven pounds, Jason Owe, the edge from Penn State to the Baltimore Ravens with their second first rounder. It's certainly a need. Um, they, I always talk about how many picks they accumulate throughout the course of a draft. He's very raw. He has no production at Penn State. Wouldn't shock me if they used an extra third-round pick on another edge guy who outplays Oway for the first month of the season. And then a year from now, we're like, boy, this Oway dude's exploding. You know, might take a little time, but they're the right team to coach him up and he fits the scheme and rare traits. Tampa Bay Buccaneers finishing up round one. Little Birdie told me they were looking hard at defensive linemen, and the Birdie was correct, and it was Joe Tryon, actually, though. The edge, I thought it was going to be Christian Barmore, was the edge rusher, Joe Tryon, out of Washington to Tampa. I didn't see that coming either, but it makes sense, too. I mean, he's got a similar body to Pierre Paul, too. I mean, there's a lot to work with. Um, I think people that know me realize one of my philosophies is when in doubt, I'm just going to add another defensive lineman. You know, for the team that doesn't need anything, if I can add another defensive lineman, rotate him in, make life difficult on those offensive linemen that never come off the field while I groom this guy, great. I mean, so I'm cool with it. All right, we got to get out of here, Matt. That is round one of the 2021 NFL Draft. Any big winners or losers or any thoughts about uh, the start of day two that you want to hit here before we go? No, nah, a lot of good players left. Um, we'll recap it heavy next week. If I need a couple of days to get through it all here and there and whatnot, um, the Fields move I think is the yeah. is the biggest one. That's the is the most fun. Like I love that for the yeah. Bears. They deserve finally getting a, a franchise quarterback, and I really like Justin Fields. So fantastic move, and that was a fun portion of round one for sure. Yeah, I agree. All right, good stuff. We'll break down everything else that happened on day two and day three of the draft Monday and throughout next week, plus your questions at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Be back Monday right here, Peacock and Williamson. After the holidays, a little cash goes a long way. The Chime Checking account has tons of benefits to help, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and thousands of fee-free ATMs. You can even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. Sign up for Chime today at chime.com slash goals24. 
banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out of network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from Bayer.